This is the Find Your Forte podcast, Technique Tuesday. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast, bringing you another Technique Tuesday. And I'm very happy to have with me for this Technique Tuesday a good friend of mine. Her name is Stevie Berryman. I met her because I spend a little bit of time in the handbell world, and she happens to run the most fantastic handbell choir that I've ever seen in performance called the Houston Chamber Ringers. And she's one of the most creative people I know. She's a great problem solver. And I figured that today would be a good opportunity to bring her on the podcast to help me with Technique Tuesday and uh, give you a little preview of an interview that I'll be having with her tomorrow for our regular Wednesday interview. So Stevie contacted me uh, on Facebook a little bit ago and said um, that she was reading some posts in a choir director Facebook group online. Uh, and I was, uh, I was checking out some of the posts and there was one in particular that really, uh, caught my attention and, uh, it was, um, it was, it was, I'm not going to tell the person's name, but I'll read the question and I'll give my answer. I'll have Stevie give you her answer and then we'll discuss some of these points because I think this is a very important conversation to have about attendance in your choral rehearsal. So here's the, the post. Hello all, I'm on the board for my college's acapella group and we've been dealing with a bit of an attendance issue. We're a small group, currently only 11 members, and when everyone auditioned to be part of the group, they were told how important attendance is, as it is in any musical group. That being said, we haven't had a single rehearsal this year with everyone present. The main reason being, quote, I had too much homework to do, so I skipped, unquote. Does anyone have any suggestions to help with attendance? We've considered doing an attendance contract, but I'm skeptical if that would actually help. I'm open to all ideas. Now, there was a lot of, of commentary, and one of the things Stevie brought up to me was that people were commenting, you know, sort of like off with their heads, you know, you miss two and you're out, and that kind of stuff. And I was like, listen, I've dealt with this in the past, so I'm going to read you my answer, and then we can expound on it, and I'll have Stevie share with you hers. So my answer was, I'm going to give you a two-part solution. One, have a conversation with the group about whether the rehearsal time makes sense for them. If you're missing one or two people, that's probably normal. If it's four or five, you should look into an alternate day or time. Giving the choir ownership over the time will make them more likely to commit because they had a say. And I put in parentheses, this doesn't work for school or curricular ensembles, of course. The second part is build in subs to your ensemble. So if a few people miss, you have others to step in. A choir of 11 should be 16. You can swap singers in and out during performance. There's no rule that says that if 11 people are on stage, that only 11 people have to be enrolled in the ensemble. The only reason you should cut someone from the ensemble is if their absence is so consistent that you think, do they even want to be here? If you get that vibe, it's time to have a conversation about their goals. I run a for-profit teen choir. Uh, This is a huge concern for me as I make more money when I have a larger ensemble, so I think twice about booting people. 
All of my kids are high achievers. They miss for soccer, homework, vacations, etc. But I'm glad they do because they're cool kids and they have a diverse array of talent and energy to bring to the table. Isn't your job to encourage others to be involved in the art form? Fire as a last resort. You're a creative person. Be creative with how you solve this problem. So that is my response to the gentleman who posted in the, in the group. Stevie, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You, I think you gave a couple responses, but well, your first one was kind of funny, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. So, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your response? Well, my first response is tongue-in-cheek, like most of mine are, which is just whoever skips brings the beer for everyone at the next rehearsal. And I understand in a choir level, this, this may not be age-appropriate, but... It, it's not all that far-fetched to say, okay, if you miss, then you have hurt us for this rehearsal, so make it up to us. Bring an apology treat, um, something to drink, something to eat. Just right, bake us some cookies, right? Bake, yeah, bake some cookies, bring popcorn, whatever. You owe us, and we'll hold you to it because you're an important part of our group, and we're going to hold you accountable, but we're all going to have fun because this ensemble is for fun. I want to point out this to me sounds like an extracurricular ensemble. I think it definitely is because if if it's you know a college acapella group, I don't think I know any that are curricular. So this is definitely a student led organization, I, I believe. Right. So keep it fun. And then my next solution, instead of making a positive experience for everyone in the choir, hey, bring something fun for the next rehearsal, would be to enact a penalty. But keep keep the penalty in line with what exactly exactly you're doing my suggestion was that if you have an unexcused absence you automatically give permission for the group to subscribe your phone to hourly cat fax (laughs) (laughs) that's great which is a penalty that i use quite often in my group and wait that's that's actually a thing that's actually a thing. Hourly cat facts. Texted to your phone. It's amazing. Oh my god. That's a, that is incredible. So it's a way of it's a way of putting sort of a positive spin on a potentially awkward negative situation because I mean nobody wants to be confronted about their attendance. And and and, right. and you know, know they're already embarrassed. They're already embarrassed yeah. they let the group down. Exactly. Nobody, nobody thinks that, oh, I'll join a choir and then nobody will care if I ever show up again. Nobody thinks that. They know they've messed up. And of course. If it's for homework or something, they know that they've messed themselves up. They haven't managed their time. They haven't managed their schedule. And yeah, why compound that? Right. But that's why, that's why you come in as a choir director or a leader and, and help them offer solutions. Because, I mean, you, your job as a choral director is is more than just the musical you know interpreter your your job is i mean you're like a life coach i mean you should be a life coach you should help those people look at their schedule and and prioritize and honestly if somebody's missing because of of too much homework it's probably because they have too much homework and that what's that's what's come that's what comes first i mean this is their this is college it's more important. Their homework is more important than your rehearsal. And directors don't like to hear that. But come on. Who do you think you are? Right, <laughs> exactly. You are the you know, the world does not revolve around you, unfortunately. And but you know, as teachers, as directors, obviously the thing we do is is the center of our life and we want it to be the center of everybody else's life. But uh 
you know, and we're, we're used to using the excuse, well, you, you know, you just don't understand. People just don't understand how important choral music is and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shut your mouth. Like, like math is important too. Science is important too. This person's getting their degree is more important than your freaking ICCA competition. Right. We, we tend to have a very inflated sense of our own importance as musicians. That's true. A little perspective. But where does that come from? Does that come from our insecurity about, about the thing that we, that we do? I mean, is that, I think, I think that's what it is. If you really, if you're really all that in a bag of potato chips, you don't need to tell anyone how important you are. Right. Because people will be lining up to work with you. So, so, I mean, the, sort of part B of, of my answer would be if your acapella group was so awesome that you couldn't keep people from beating the door down to be a part of it, then you'd never have an attendance issue to begin with because people would, people would, would make it a priority to manage their time correctly to be there. So I'm thinking from a marketing perspective, like what are you doing wrong uh, you know, what is your are your rehearsals not engaging enough? Are your rehearsals not engaging enough? Are your uh, do you not have a goal? That's that's a big one. If if you don't have a goal or you don't have a reason to perform, why are you rehearsing? And this was something that I learned when I first started uh, VoiceWorks, my company, which is again it's Choir LLC. It's for profit choir. It's it's after school programs for high school musicians. And I remember we were having rehearsal every week and and we were having attendance problems and one of my one of my students brought up to me, Well, Mr. Guth, what are we rehearsing for? You don't have anything on the schedule right now. <laughs> and I'm like, That's a really good point. So literally I was like, Okay, well fine, we're doing we're gonna do a competition. And we we picked some, <laughs> you know, local six flags competition to kind of thing. And and all of a sudden, people started showing up again. I'm like, oh, well, you know, why? Because, because now they felt as though they had a mission. Like, w- because I was just wasting their time before. So right. I would also ask the gentleman who posted, well, what's your goal? What's your mission at this point? Do you have one? If you don't, don't expect people to show up because now you're just wasting their time. Well, and you have to have a, realis- a realistic goal or purpose is going to, come from a realistic assessment of who you are what why do you exist what are you there for and and what truly is the nature of your group because yeah there are some groups where 50 people audition for 15 spots and it's very competitive and all of this stuff and you could say yeah if you don't show up you're gone we've got somebody who would love to have your spot but the fact is the vast majority of music groups are not in that position. And just saying that you are because you have a strict attendance policy does not make you that group. Exactly. It's, you know, beggars can't be choosers. There's a reason why that's a colloquialism. And and it turns out that most choirs are beggars. Beggars with strict attendance policies that they <laughs> cannot enforce the, the thing is that people think that there's something wrong with it. Even, I don't even like the word beggars because it's such a negative term. The fact is there's a very good reason to have a choral group that is okay. <laughs> and they get together and sing. There's such value 
in that all by itself, it doesn't have to be anything more than that to be important and to be valuable. You don't have to pretend like it's something more to somehow justify your existence. Exactly. Everybody see in the handbell world, everybody sort of wants to be the Raleigh ringers. That was, you know, I'm going to use a handbell term. I think everybody wants to be the Houston chamber ringers. (laughs) Right. Right. But like everything, all this professional development is geared towards making the best bell choir. Right. right. And it's the most, the most skilled, the most technically elite bell choir. When, in, when, when, in, in, truthfully, that's, pro, you know, your, your church choir is probably not their mission. Like it, it shouldn't be their mission. Your mission should be to serve the people in your congregation, not to, not, not to be the most outstanding bell choir in the world. And there's, and there's people that are, and they kid themselves, you know, they always, they're always looking for that, that like magic bullet that's gonna, that's gonna all of a sudden make, you know, Ethel, who's, who's 87, you know, ring, ring perfect foreign hand, you know, and, and, uh, or that one piece of repertoire, if, if I find the right song, you know, oh, what should I ring for this situation? Or what should I sing for this situation? Because if I find that one right piece of rep, then everything will be perfect. Right. right. So uh, now bringing it back to the choral world, because I don't want to pull it into the handbell world, because it's a whole different niche. But, um, you know, the, there's there's this consistency in questions that I see on these Facebook groups that are that are that are just like what you're saying. They're they're like if I only had this one solution, you know, my whole life would be better. And it's not that's like the problem is you. <laughs> like the problem is your mindset. The problem is 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 that like you either think you're something that you're not. You don't, or you don't have a clear goal. You don't have a clear mission for your group. You don't have a clear goal for your life, your professional life. I mean, this is why I posted that episode last week about you know f- figuring out what your why is because you you know um, you know using who, what, where, when, and how. Uh, so if if you are listening to this podcast, go back to Technique Tuesday um, number 16, which was last Tuesday and listen to that and figure out why the heck you do what you do. It's probably not, uh, it's probably going to surprise you. Uh, and, and it might be actually a, a little bit of a wake up call. Maybe you shouldn't be doing what you do. <laughs> so I, I think that's so important. And I think it's a step that people skip. Yes. Well, because well, I think we want to just, we just compare ourselves to each other. That's something that we do in the, in, in the musical world is like, well, so-and-so has this amazing choir. Like I should have like the same amazing choir, but it should be better than theirs. And it's, but like they have an amazing choir because, and they have those 50 people beating their door down to get in because that type of ensemble and that mission, you know, suits their particular skill set. That's their forte. That doesn't need to be yours. You need to right. figure out. You need to find your forte and figure out <laughs> figure out what yours is, so that you can develop an ensemble uh, with goals and a mission that that suits you uh, and the people that you serve. Well, and to bring it back around, no matter what ensemble that you serve, this question of attendance and how do we handle it, it's common to all of them. And and I say that I. I direct bell groups, like you said, but I also direct choral groups. I direct, I I help with um, school choirs and then I direct church choirs and community choirs. And my, my musicians run an age from 
nine months old to 76. So I, I pretty much anyone who's in music, I deal with them. And we all have to deal with attendance in, in any one of these. And it doesn't matter. This is something that's important. And, and it's not a generational thing. It's not, oh, this generation can't commit or, oh, it, it's not. It's always been like this. It always will be like this. Um, and it's not a commitment issue either. It's just they're committing to something more important than your group. Um, right. And, but, but, you know, there's that other, the other thing, sorry to interrupt, but the other thing is, is that if you want to do something bad enough, you'll find a way. Sure. And, and that means that, like, you will, you will stay up a little bit later to do your homework because you want to make it to your acapella group rehearsal. And, but that only will happen if the experience is valuable enough to the, the, the singer so that they want to be there. They have to want to be there. Like, will they do a naked belly crawl over broken, broken glass to get to your rehearsal? If they won't, you're doing something wrong. You need to make the rehearsal more engaging. You need to find a mission, right? Now, let me bring you back to when I first started um, my group Impulse Handbell Ensemble, uh, which was back in 2009. I had rehearsal on Wednesday night. I had pitiful attendance on Wednesday night. And then I moved to Thursday night. And then I had pitiful attendance then too, because I guess every teacher gives a, gives a test on Friday, which I think should be illegal. But um, I would get, oh, well, I have homework, I'm studying. I, I really can't make it to rehearsal. So I'd, I would need 11, 12, 13 ringers, and I'd have like eight. Which, you know, if you want to learn, if you want to learn about engaging people so your attendance doesn't suck, Start a handbell choir because, you know, because no, because because not only is it the redheaded stepchild of 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 musical instruments, it's also it's also a a instrument that is worth crap if not everybody's there. Um, Your rehearsal. I mean, you might as well just send everybody home. I remember that the um, uh, the great Donald Allured, who was uh, a big hand, a handbell guru back in the in the you know seventies eighties, um, you know he said his policy was if you're going to miss rehearsal, call everybody and tell them it's canceled. Wow. Which I'm like, well, yeah, that 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 sums it up. I mean, for a bell choir, yeah. But now now. Um, so what I did then is I, I actually, so let me go back to this Wednesday, Thursday rehearsal thing. I would get hardly anybody to show up consistently. So what I did was I said, okay, is this, am I missing something? Is there a better night for us? And we agreed on Sunday night. Why? Because it's out of the way of like every teenage kid's thing. There's nothing that happens on Sunday night in a teenage child's life. My you teens know? meet Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we have a lot of Italian families that might, uh, you know, grab some grab some ravioli on Sunday night with the with the grandma and whatever. But, but uh, typically, if I'm starting at if I start at seven, I go seven to nine on Sunday night, and I never have attendance issues. I might have the occasional one person that is out on any given Sunday, but but this 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 goes to part two, where now I've started to add substitutes in the mix. I've actually, I have eighth graders uh, in semester two 
come and join us as like sort of trainees for for the next year. And now I don't have an issue with with that anymore because like these kids will jump in and play the part that that is missing any given night and they feel valued. You know, they'll get to play a couple pieces in the concert, more than a couple pieces in the concert. And and uh, the pressure is gone is, you know, on me because, you know, when there's like a low attendance rehearsal, you know what that does to your to your your plan. I mean, it throws your plan out the window and and it also messes with your attitude, which which some of us in the choir world are not strong enough to and me included, sometimes not strong enough to deal with with you know that the the, the shock of having you know two thirds of your choir show up you know when you had this whole plan and uh, you know you just feel terrible and it's hard to like put on your poker face you know through that rehearsal and make it valuable for the people who do show up. Well, and and that's a, that's an important point in that. I mean, on the one hand, we're saying, take it easy. You're not all that. Attendance, you know, things happen. But on the on the other side of that is that your attendance is important and it does affect the choir. So if you're not there, I do think that you owe a debt to the to your group, to the other musicians there, to your director. And I just think it's better to find a way for them to fill that debt and to repay that debt than it is to just kick them out of the group because that doesn't help anybody right, to, right. to kick them. It makes more work for the director. Now you got to replace them. Now you got to bring somebody else up to speed. So we have a variety of ways. If you have to miss for something and attendance has been an issue, well, guess what? We give you more work <laughs> that you can do on your own and accomplish at home at your leisure. And if you can't make it to rehearsal, we will give you stuff to do. You will write copy for publicity or you will update the database with all the new music titles that semester, or you will do something that the group needs done. Um, and that's, that's how you serve the group. If you can't serve us by showing up for rehearsal. I think that's a great policy. It, it, now it takes, it takes organization to do that. So, so the, yes. the director or the board or whatever needs to be organized enough. And on top of that to, you know, to be able to, to implement a, a policy like this. So the question I would have is that, are you taking attendance as a choir director? Like, yeah, you could be pissing and moaning about, about not the people not showing up, but do you know who's yes. not showing up? What days they're not there? Like, are you marking this down? Or you, do you have some way of taking attendance? Um, <laughs> we do. We of, of course you do. But I'm saying like you can't hold them accountable if you don't know. So so I would ask the choir directors if they're if they have something in place where they at least have the statistics of how often, you know, Jimmy has missed rehearsal, uh, you know, so that they can go back and say, uh, you know, I, I you know, we need you to do this. You've missed so many times. And, you know, there's got to be follow up and you can't be a lazy director or you can't be a lazy board in order to, to implement some kind of policy. Now, uh, obviously, it's different with adults and children, too. Um, you can't obviously be like, okay, um, you, know, uh, you know, Tammy missed rehearsal and she's nine, so you're going to call mom and say, you bring the beer next time, or, or, or even impose, impose uh, you know, a, a penalty like subscribing somebody to cat facts, right? So, so how do we implement a policy when it comes to children. So, cause we're talking about college students right now and adults. So, 
Um, how do we implement a policy when it, when it comes to children? And my only answer for that is make your, your ensemble something that they must have in their life. Uh, you know, I, we see this question come up a lot of times with church choirs. Yes. Like church children's choirs. Well, you know, you know, Tammy has a soccer game. She's not going to be there. Well, okay. Well, soccer is clearly more important than choir. So how can you make choir more important than soccer without just telling them that choir is more important than soccer, right? Because you can tell anybody anything, but but until you show the value, um, you know, just singing and just singing in church probably isn't isn't uh, valuable enough. I mean, are you doing other things? Are you are they is 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 there a sense of community in the choir, or are you just showing up rehearsing and going home? Are you um, are you having events with the other kids? Like, is this group? her, you know, Tammy's peer group, or is this just kids she happens to go to church with and she sings because, because of, you know, guilt and, you know, she wants the pearly gates to open up in heaven when she gets there, you know, because she sang in the children's choir when she was nine, I, you know, or you know. Right. In, in my group, we call that, well, in my, in, in the elementary age groups, I, I call it the car question, you know, that you're doing an okay job. You know, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing if your kids can answer the car question, meaning rehearsal's over, the parents come pick up the little darlings and they open the door and they say, well, did you sing with musical expression and integrity today? No, they say, did you have fun at rehearsal today? And and the child had better be able to answer that. And if they can't, then you're not going to see them next week. The, uh, I, I like I like that's a really great point. Uh, the car question, right? Yes. No, no, no parent ever asks the question that we, the choral director, would want them to ask. Right? Never. It's not going to happen. Right? If your kids aren't having fun, your kid ain't going. The, your kids aren't going back next week. Right? Because they aren't going to have fun at soccer. So, <laughs> yeah. Right. So as as a if the best musical advocacy that you can you can do besides talking about it and spreading memes about how important music education is <laughs> would be just making sure the experience is great. Right. It's fun. And it's right. So it's, it's thinking about, it's thinking about what your audience's values are. You know, the, your, your audience, your audience, meaning the people you serve, right? If, if you're a church choir director, you serve the the people in your choir, and and what do do they care? Maybe they do, but do they care about about whether whether um, you know what you like? You said the musical integrity, blah blah blah. Like, do they do they care about the same things that you care about? No, probably not. But did they have a great time? That's a very easy question to answer. Yes, um, yes or no. You can, you can, it's, it's very easy to, to read, you know, even yourself. I mean, you know, when you leave a rehearsal and you're, and you're, you feel down, well, that rehearsal didn't go well. Well, I'm assuming that if, because, you know, since you felt like that, the rest of your choir felt like that too. How often do you leave and you're like, God, that was a terrible rehearsal, but boy, they must've had a great time. (laughs) You know, there's, there's always, you know, so what can you do every week 
to make sure that it's the best rehearsal it can be so everybody leaves and can answer the car question. And even if they're adults, I mean, they're going to sit down in the car and they're going to go, yeah, that was a great rehearsal. Or they're going to go, why the heck do I come to this this rehearsal every week, (laughs) right? Very easy question to answer. Well, and the thing with children, especially the elementary age, is that it's up to the parents whether they get there or not. But if they don't get there, it's the child that pays for that decision. And I don't think parents get that. But if your child is missing rehearsal, they're not going to know it as well. Meaning when it comes performance time, whether it's an extracurricular or a community or a church group, when it comes time to actually sing that song, they're going to be more nervous. They're going to be less certain. It's going to be a more anxious event for them rather than something they're looking forward to. So, yeah, at the time, maybe your daughter said that they wanted to go to a sleepover or a birthday party or whatever instead. But know that that's going to have a real negative consequence on their experience as a young musician when it comes time for performance. And as an adult, you are the one that needs to make the decision on that because the kid is going to pay for it, not you. Right. So, so this, is a, this, is a, this is a conversation that you can have with parents and you can, you can, right. (laughs) You can say like, you have to think what is important to a parent, right? What's important, not what's important to you as a choir director. Cause I mean, again, you see these, these, the whiny choir directors online saying, well, you should enact a no tolerance attendance policy. Well, cause well, great. That's what you care about choir director. That's not what the parents care about. That's not what the college student cares about. A parent cares about how happy their kid is. And if you say, if you tell them at the beginning of the year, listen, attendance counts because it's, if, you know, if you miss too many rehearsals before performance, it ends up with the same feeling of sitting in front of a test that you haven't studied for. Exactly. And it creates anxiety in the child. It creates a negative experience. And, and, and in the end, why bother being in the choir Right. If your child's going to go through that. Exactly. So, so frame it, you know, frame your, your statements uh, with the, the interests of, of the parent in mind, the interest of the people you're serving in mind, not your interest. Your interest is shiny product. I can post it on Facebook so all of my friends can go, oh, my God, you're so great. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's, you know, we, we're always looking for this approval and, and, and by having this amazing product, we're going to, we're going to get this approval, but, but you're not going to get it if no one shows up to your rehearsal because you're putting your priorities first. People smell BS. I mean, whether it's a nine-year-old in your children's choir or whether it's a college student or an adult, people smell your BS. And if you don't care about them, they're going to know. So frame all of your, your, frame your policies around what's best for the interest of the people in your group, and they'll show up if you make it a great experience. So that's it. With that, we are at 30 minutes. So I, I want to thank Stevie for joining me today. And uh, we, we will check in with her tomorrow on the Find Your Forte podcast. 
Stevie is probably the most creative concert programmer that I've come into contact with. And I think that tomorrow's episode is going to be incredibly valuable to anybody who wants to put together a recipe for a fantastic concert that is engaging, that is outside of the box. And so I I just cannot wait for you to hear tomorrow's episode of the Find Your Forte podcast with Stevie Berryman. So tune in tomorrow, and I have a couple other announcements for you while you're still here. Also want to let you know that you could be a part of the Choir Nation Facebook group over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Choir Nation, all one word. And there we keep it really positive, right, Stevie? Absolutely. It's, it's a very positive and helpful group. Uh, not a lot of whining, not a lot of complaining, uh, you know, actually not at all, uh, really. Uh, we've posted job opportunities. We've posted questions, inspirational videos. Uh, that's the first group that I turn to when I have uh, a question about what I should be producing on the podcast. And it's just been a very helpful group for everybody involved. So uh, head on over there to Facebook and check out Choir Nation. Also, go on over to ryanguth.com forward slash TT017 to grab the show notes for today's episode. There you will see an email pop-up box. Join my email list. I will treat you very fairly, and I will not uh, spam you. I will not sell your information to people in Pakistan that want to sell you used car inner tubes. And you will have a wonderful time on my list because I I share a lot of valuable stuff. So uh, thank you for joining me today. And we will see Stevie and y'all tomorrow on the Find Your Forte podcast. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.